COVID strikes again. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of No Ride Around and the saddest of sad trombones. Dude, I wish I could play. By the way, horns are my favorite part of music. Did you know that I played trumpet in uh, elementary school and uh, in... um, a ska band of all things. You played a trumpet in a ska band. I did. See, that's what gets me jacked up. I was at I went to Dave Matthews when they were in town here in Denver. Yeah. And uh dude, his horn first off, his horn player is the most stoic human on the planet. Okay. The dude's like probably 280, maybe 300. Like he's huge. Huge dude. Dressed in all black with just a gold chain on. Like he stood out like no other, right? Um he didn't move. So everyone in the band like like if you ever watch Dave, it's like he's got like fire ants in his pants. Like his okay. legs don't stand still. This dude would pull up the trumpet, blast his deal, and then just hold it by his side and stand there as if he was like staring at a, a pinprick. Like not moving around. Doesn't just move. Stand there. Just like, and then he'd lift up and blast like crazy emotional blasting, but only through the horn. Like his lips had emotion. That was it. Yeah. Uh, Lungs to lips to horn. That was it. That was it. I freaking, <laughs> but I love horns. Uh, that's why like, you keep talking, you talk about uh, New Orleans, your, your hometown, and I have such reverence for it because. You get a lot of that, you know. You get these guys walking in the streets playing the, playing the horns, and it's so cool. Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, so much, so, like now, like more now, um, you know, post Katrina, the last ten years, or shit, more than ten years. Uh, but yeah, like you get rebirth on the the corner of just about any street in the French Quarter. It's um, it's so and cool. people are there just to have fun. Now, Grant, you know I see it through the eyes of a tourist, not as a local. You so. know what? Like, there's still, you know, yeah. Uh, locals will act jaded to that shit, yeah. but then we'll see a video of Rebirth playing on the corner of just some random place in the French Quarter, and it. We want to act all cool about it, but we're not. <laughs> <laughs> you're just as you're. Yeah. Okay. Cool, so, uh, so I played the sad trumpet and uh, said the c word. Uh, because, dude, we got a we got an email. We got a bad email. So, it sucks so much more because yesterday was our season ender event that we've done now for the second year in a row for the team, uh, and uh, I think it was as we were about to roll out and oh, go dude, do an yeah. awesome event, we just got shat on by uh, by COVID. Yeah. So. Uh, Spoiler here, uh, LaRuda is canceled and postponed to 2022. And damn, it just came out. Like, we're inside of a month. Like, we're three weeks out. Yeah. And uh, the purpose of, not this podcast season, of course, because we covered a lot of other things. But, well, but that you was, know, the, that was the marquee event. Like, you yeah. and I were packing up bags, flying to Central America, and racing across the country through a jungle over cloud forest through howler monkey habitat and descending down through banana fields to the opposite end of the country into another ocean over the course of three days. Like, it was amazing. And now we aren't. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> Just, uh, all right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, tune in next year when we talk about the thing that may not happen. Uh, you know, it's brief aside. This is also why you, we've always made the suggestion, uh, 
don't have just one huge event. I mean, we've had that since the first year doing this. Right. Like, don't have one because anything can happen, right? Like, um, unfortunately, one of our team riders who was also doing LaRuta got hit by a freaking car on a team ride two weeks ago. Yeah. And uh, found out he has broken legs and things. And so he's he's out for LaRuta already. And he actually is the only one, I think, out of all of us that was, like, kind of jacked when I sent him the message. Like, hey, buddy, this might work out for you. Fate has you covered. Yeah. Um, well... I was experiencing my own set of anxiety leading into this. My passport still hasn't arrived. Oh. Because yeah. of the uh I think it's worth telling a little bit of the story. Let's hear it. So cuz no one knows how to deal with a passport by the way. Right. Like you you get online and you're like wow, it doesn't seem like this is easy. And it's one of those that you don't do it very often. No, so every it's 10 like 10 years or something. Yeah, it's like this is the most impossible task. Right. So my passport expired last year and you know, you always think you have time until you don't. Right. Right. And so I was like, you know, in June, that's plenty of time, five yeah. months to, to fly, to fly in November. June should be ample time. Not a problem. So the story, the, the tale of woe begins with me trying to buy lunch for everybody at the shop one day and DoorDash won't take my, my thing. And then we got busy. It won't take the payment. We get busy. Uh, I try to buy a couple of other things and I can't use my money. So I call my bank and through a number of phone calls and people acting really weird with me from the bank, like really bizarre, um, not answering questions, giving half answers. I finally get a hold of somebody in a department called estate services. Okay. And the guy that I'm talking to says, well, the reason you can't get into your account, cause it shows that there was a death in the family. I'm like, dude, my dad died like literally 10 years ago, like 10 years ago, this past Sunday, what are you talking about? He's like, well, we got to notice that you're deceased. So everybody was what? being super weird with me because you, because I could answer all of the questions without hesitation. And talking to a ghost would be really weird for me too. <laughs> Uh, so as it turns out between seven and 10,000 times a year, the social security gets it wrong when somebody dies and they misenter a social security number. Seven to 10,000 times a year. Yeah. There is an FAQ page on the social security administration website for this problem. Hey, sorry. Everyone thinks you're dead. We know you're not. We just put a number in wrong because we have fat fingers. Yep. Great. Oh, I'm sorry. I probably can't say fat fingers. Yeah. Sorry for the fat fingers. Um, but I mean, that's essentially what it is. Somebody transposed a number, somebody, somebody with a similar social security number passed away. And when they were putting it, there's a, uh, <laughs> I can't even remember what the, uh, what the actual, uh, words that the acronym stands for. But when your social security, no, when you die, your, your social security number goes on a list and that list is called the DMF list. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're on the dead motherfuckers list. Um, so you have to get off of that, obviously. You can't do anything. Like, well, did you wipe all your credit card debt first? Because like, there's a, some uh, advantages to being dead. There's a lot of people who are like, there's a lot of unseen opportunity right yeah, here. Yeah, totally. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, I, basically, this is when you could have become like a spy for the U.S. government. Yeah, just call them up. Hey, right, you guys. Treadstone shit. You guys fucked up. I'm here. <laughs> what yeah, do you want to do? I'm, I'm dead, which means I can do anything now. Yeah, what do you guys want to do with this? Um, and so the, the process to get it fixed is hilariously easy. 
All you have to do to get your name taken off the You'll D- FaceTime live. No, you just go to a social security office with a driver's license and they go, oh, we fucked up. Hi, I'm alive. That's and it. they punch like five keys and then you get a letter. And you're alive again. And you're alive again. Okay. But even though every office in the whole world is open again, you still have to make an appointment with the Social Security Administration to get in. Okay. I know this because I drove there. And uh, I drove there and uh, parked. There's not a park. There's not a car in the parking lot. Right. Not a car except for mine. Walk up, jiggle the handle. Um, and uh, the guard comes to the door. He's like, you got to make an appointment. I was like, okay. Call this number. Call the number. Sit in my car for an hour. Get a hold of somebody. I was like, hey, are you are you at this location? She's like, yeah, I'm at this location. I was like, well, here's my situation. She's like, yeah, that's really bad. It's like, it's definitely really bad. Yeah, yeah. I'm alive. I'm alive. Um, I tried to like kind of oversell it. I can't pay my staff. I can't like, I can't do anything. My hands are tied. She's like, well. It's going to take two to four weeks to get you an appointment. What? But she's in the I, building. She's in the building. And I'm like, well, you're inside and I'm outside and there's nobody here. Right. She says, yeah, but uh, like, I'm not authorized to do that. Oh, man. So you just <laughs> jumped into the bureaucratic pool. Of yeah, uh, deep in. So she puts yeah. my name on a list. The hilarious thing about the list is it's not an official list. It's just her words. An Excel spreadsheet with your name, your telephone number, and a brief description of your problem. Fantastic. We'll get to you whenever anyone looks at this list. So, again, I don't want to take up the whole episode with this silliness, but net, 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 I got an appointment, couldn't go to the appointment because of death in the family, had to reschedule said appointment. So, my passport is just... Still not here. Yeah, still not here, paid for expedited. So, I was like, literally waiting till the last minute to buy a ticket here. Right. And so, on the off chance that it didn't come brief sigh of relief but still disappointment yeah okay so um okay so, so to I'm, come, with, I'm a little bit with jeff yeah I guess is like the point. well and to come because this way, means i definitely get to go next year right um because you have a year to be alive again in the eyes of the passport office right so uh also i have two races coming up um that yeah, this were prizes is, from the nue championship bigger, bigger stakes for you well yeah so Okay, so I leave uh, just in a few days to Panama. Never been to Panama. Uh, well, I've been to Panama once. We rode a mountain bike there. Story. We covered that when we went over La Ruta 2019. Yep. But uh, I've never really been to Panama, so it's super cool. It's my wife and I's 10-year anniversary this week. It's her birthday the same day. Like, we have a lot of, like, we have some fireworks this week. And I get to go to Panama, and I get a race, Cruces del Istmo, right? Yeah. Like, so cool. You have to say it like that, by the way. Yeah. You have to say it like you know how to speak the language. Okay. Okay, um, so I'm going to go there. Well, I, I would be coming back for two and a half weeks, give or take, and then back down for La Ruta. We were going to come back on the 10th, I believe, of November. And then the 17th, I'm flying back to Costa Rica for the second prize for the 2020 NUE title, 2021 title now, the Secreto, which is a three-day stage race in Liberia, Costa Rica, uh, run by the same woman, Simran, that runs 25 Hours of Frog Hollow and True Grit and all those races in Utah. So I was going to go like Panama, home for two and a half weeks, Costa Rica, La Ruta, home for six days, Costa Rica, the Secreto. And it was just like I was going to do it somehow, but I don't, I still don't know how I was going to, I was going to square peg round hole it. It was 
so if I could rewind time, like removing Laruda removes a ton of travel stress, like with work stress, with this is probably too much, with right. is it worth it? And I couldn't defer either Panama nor the Secreto. Because they were prizes? They were prizes so and they didn't allow like, them to be deferred. Do it or don't do it. Right. We don't care. Hey, they're all expense paid. We cover everything. This is super cool. But if you don't want to do it this year. Sorry, man, sorry about your life. Right. All right. So that's kind of where I'm at where it, it isn't terrible. I guess the only thing that I'm bummed about is, well, shit, I'm still going to be in Central America twice in the next month, right? But I'm bummed I don't get to go with you, dude, and do a thing that like you've never done. And I it still, is. But we just like it's still happening. I know. I right? know. I like, know. That's the thing. I is, know. But do you remember the marshmallow test? You can have three marshmallows now right. or five marshmallows in an hour. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's very tough. I know. I know. Um. So, <sighs> what do we do now? Don't know. I don't. So there's so the end of my season is coming completely unraveled. Yeah. Because you and Colin are also putting pressure on me to do something other than Big Sugar. Yeah. So okay, here's the deal. <laughs> um, Which I, I get why both of you are doing it. One, you'll do a gravel event, but it's not your shit. Totally. Right? So the, yeah, exactly. Um, and much the reason, or much the reason that you were excited to do Laruda, I think, is part of the reason that you made an effort to get into Big Sugar. The, the only reason, an adventure with, with you the buds in Colin, yeah. in us in Bentonville. Yeah, that's it. So I had two races within, like, I mean, they were the last races of the year for me. Yeah, and they were what two weeks ish apart. Yeah, and the day before. LaRuta got canceled. You and Colin were like pitching you, pitching me hard. Well, so yeah, okay. And uh, then, huh. and then the next morning, we get dumped on by COVID. And as we've talked about many times, Harley doesn't like when plans get disrupted too much, right? Like, right. so, and here's where I got <laughs> to, to that end. Here's what's hilarious to that end. I was like, all right, I could see not doing Big Sugar. Can we still go to Bentonville? Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> like, right. Um, so here's what, here's what, okay. So selfishly, right. Um, remember earlier this year, uh, once Panama became a reality, I was like, how cool if I race Panama and then I were to bike pack to LaRuda mm-hmm. and then we do LaRuda. But when I thought about that, I was like, well, that really takes away from you and I going to LaRuda. Yeah, getting right? to travel. And like, I even started to have travel anxiety. Like, dude, yeah. I got to figure all this shit out without my, my dude who's yeah, done it yeah. before. And I, that, like, it, I was like, wow, Justin, that's like super sell. Yeah, cool. But super sell. Like, if Harley came and did LaRuda on a unicycle, your story was still going to be cooler because you just fucking rode there from Panama, right? Like, not <laughs> not for nothing, right? Sure. Like, so I was like, that's really not fucking what you want to do. Like, I wanted to travel with you, right? right. Dude, the whole experience, full so, experience. So I was like, all right, I'm not going to do that, which means we can do Big Sugar. All right, like, I'm not really super on to Big Sugar, but I'm down to hang out with Harlan Collin, and that's what I want to go do, so I'll do it. Right. And then USAC just recently announces Marathon Nationals, which I would go and take – I would get a jersey. Stars yeah. and Stripes, baby. I know I would. Yeah. In Maryland, the same weekend as Big Sugar. Yeah. I'm like, well, I can't come back from cruises and then fly to – like, it's just too much. I Dude, I've traveled – I've gone on nine flights with my bike – ten flights with my bike this year, maybe more, yeah. including, like, fun ones. Like, it's crazy. And so I go, no, Nationals is out. 
which I was absolutely fucking stunned by. Dude, like, you, I was ready to give you a pass on coming yeah. to Big Sugar with us. Yeah, no, you know the the USAC thing, the the whole debacle that was them in their communication with MTB Nationals and all. It just it frustrated me more than anything. Like, you know, they they jacked around the cross country deal with the schedule and stuff, and really like that's a huge impact for people when you're traveling and flying and like switching days around. And then they drug their feet on finding a location for this, and then they like just punch it out and be like, everyone come to it. Like I look at registration, it's terrible. Like not a lot of people are going to race. Yeah. Um, and there's people, the heavy hitters, at least in our division, single speed, I've beat them this year. I know going out there, like could be the moment I was looking for. Right. But you know what, dude, I'm so satisfied with the like results of my year that I don't need it. Right. You know, and I'll save it, save it for something for next year. I don't, I don't need, I had the best year, the best season that I could have scripted in fantasy land. So let's just have fun. That's what big sugar is about. So when I was in the shop just this weekend, and Colin looks at me and he goes, man, you know, like, I'm not super jacked on the Big Sugar event. And I was like, dude, I just rode 162 miles on gravel with Derek last Sunday. <laughs> and let me tell you, that was, while fun to be with Derek and do it this long, it was as boring of a bike ride as I could muster. I think going to Moab would be a lot more fun. And that's, him and I can spin. I mean, he was already, so... He had been angling without angling for basically since he got back from Italy. Okay. He texted me, I think I'm going to go down and do the 50. And I just ignored it. Like, right. I was like, I, I'm going to like, we're going, we signed up for the hundred. We're doing the hundred. Yeah. And always when you go to an event, do the biggest one. I, unless, depends, yeah. unless you're competing yeah. to win a yeah. shorter one for yeah. in this purposeful, like we got a new guy on our team, um, Smits. He's awesome. Uh, th- cause I've never seen him not smile, yeah. but when you watch his rides, he's crazy diligent about keeping his training and his riding in line with the type of event that he's going to be competing on. Like yep. he's super smart about that. So like this weekend, you know, we had, um, a super long course and a medium course and then like a 35 mile course. Well, the 35 mile course in line with nationals yeah. marathon, which is what he wanted to do. And he was like, I'm going to do that one. Like he's super diligent about it. Me. I think if you're going to go do an experience, do the biggest, grandest one. So you don't have to come back right. I- unless you want to. Right. You know? Um, well, so I, I could just tell that Colin was maybe excited about going to Bentonville, but not excited about doing. Okay. So let's etch a sketch this whole thing. I fucking loved etch a sketch. Let's etch just go. Okay, so we've sh- we we basically have shaken the canvas clear. Okay. Yep. I think so. Luda's not happening. Big Larruda's sugar. Happening. Like two my my two rider dies don't want to do big sugar. But here's the thing, I want to have an adventure. Right. And I don't want to do like you had brought up. We'll figure out something else for Luda. We'll do. I'm like I told you right away. I'm not doing anything in the front range. Right. I'm not going to do this at home. Fit like we budgeted the time. To be doing something memorable and yeah. epic. Oh, for sure. So no, Molly. So yesterday, Molly had me. She's like, "Can you take Laruda out of the calendar?" And that hurt. Um, <laughs> but I did it. Uh, and I was like, "Do you want me to put just like a placeholder?" And she's like, "Why?" I was like, "Well, I'm still traveling that weekend." <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> like this is our. This is a <laughs> foregone conclusion. Like, like I already figured out. Now I've got some you know, developing work things that are uh, going to make it a hurdle, but like not an impossible hurdle. Right. Um, and so 
I still want to go somewhere and do so. I think the the uh, the overarching question is is do we just go do two baller fun weekends somewhere? Right, and that's kind of what we need to figure out right now. And I think that the best decisions are made on the spot because you just have to make them. Yeah. And the podcast is our spot. Like I mean, the, it say it so shall it be. Yeah. So the weekend of the 22nd, 23rd, I'll still, 22, 23, I'll yeah. still go do, I think it'll be, as a matter of fact, riding my gravel bike yesterday at our event, yeah. I was like, that was going to be my litmus. Like it was going to tell me, but man, if this just like sucked, but you know what, dude, I freaking love riding my gravel bike. It's really fun. It's and super fun. So we did the, the courses that you did, um, the, even the, the short course, just the North Boulder gravel course. Yeah. I mean, I've ridden every one of those. Uh, Did you have the little single track in there? The single track was so fun. <laughs> and I was riding with uh, Brad from Continental. And he was actually in really good shape. Like, I was very, very excited. Like, he and I rode together. Like, nice. I wasn't going crazy, but I wasn't not going crazy. And uh, he hung in there the whole time. It was awesome. Uh, I felt very good for him because the last time we did that ride, he was very down on himself for the pace that we had. Oh, yeah. Brad, uh, way to step it. Um, so that was awesome. But, uh, you know, we were we were on this section and we're swooping and, you know, ducking and diving and cutting corners. And uh, we got to the end of it. It finishes at this little trailhead parking area uh, before you get out on some pavement. And I look at it and I was like, on any other bike, that would be boring. Like on a mountain bike, you'd be like, why did I get out of bed? But part of the fun of gravel bikes is taking them on shit that they sh- kind of shouldn't be able to do. And then like they do it pretty well. And then you having to like bring skill in makes it more fun. Man, I tell you, if you want to optimize your bike handling, riding a gravel bike forces you to just get damn good at bike handling. Mm-hmm. I knew it was really fun yesterday when... We took off and, and uh, my uncle was in town for the sender weekend and he bought a new Orbea Terra from you, mm-hmm. which yeah, he was just, uh, new bike day is awesome, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm excited for his new bike. Like how, dude, there's should, no better way to go break in new bike day than with like a 60 mile. 7K climbing. Yeah. Super fun. Like you're going to know all about if you like it or not by the end. So I had had for my fuel, I had uh, two bottles of Carbo Rocket, a bottle of Noon, and uh, a thing of these uh, these little plant-based protein bites or some crap from Trader Joe's. They're just kind of fun. Um, they're called fruise balls. They're kind of interesting. Uh, but that's all I had. And uh, here's how much fun it was. I ate my fruise balls and drank my noon as the first thing because I was like food and hydration. And then I had the two bottles of Carver Rocket. And we're descending, coming into Gold Hill. And we're just wild out. I mean, I'm hitting like 44 miles, 45 miles an hour on gravel downhill, yeah. washboard, whatever. It is. And the key with gravel biking is to is to just let it let it do yeah. its job. If you stiffen up and the bike bounce yeah. takes a bad bounce, you're on your face. Yeah. So you just got to let it go. So I'm letting it go, and I ejected a bottle and uh, was not stopping. I'm like, there's no way. I'm having so much fun. Yeah. I'm gonna eject this bottle. I just keep going. So I ejected a base camp bottle. I call it Guerrilla Marketing. And I keep rolling, and I wait for Derek on the next rise. I go, hey, did you pick that bottle up for me? He's like, dude, I saw it. No, I didn't. I'm like, bro, the hell? He's like, I was having too much fun. I'm not stopping. And Fair you're enough. Like, I, me too. Yeah. So we roll into Gold Hill. We go to the little uh, coffee shop restaurant deal there, and uh, I, I buy a couple of packets of hydration mix from them and fill up the two remaining bottles that I have. Right, because you have an empty noon bottle. And- I have an empty noon bottle, and then I had the one that uh, still survived. That was empty from the carburetor I drink. Which is why it didn't bounce out. Which is why it didn't bounce out. 
So I put them in fully loaded and we take off right out from the deal and it's another descent and it's another 45 miles an hour. It's more washboard gravel. Wow, now, woo! Eject another bottle full. It's like... Ejected and now I know it ejected, still not stopping. Just so I did the whole ride on two bottles. Yep. And a quiche, right? <laughs> and a quiche and an oat milk cortado. There you go. Because, you know, a ride's not complete without twenty two dollars of baked goods and a coffee drink yeah. in the middle of Gold Hill is the coolest little town. Need to go up there. I haven't yeah. been up. Um, um, so So all that is to say I, so the it will be a lot of fun in Bentonville. Um it's a twelve hour drive. Versus the other thing on the table is Moab, which you haven't got to spend like a quality mountain bike weekend in Moab. You've been, you've done, but not like I I've done Klondike Bluffs. That's right. It. That's what I mean. You've only yeah. done and gone the cheat that yeah. done nothing against Klondike Bluffs, but like you're beyond it's not Klondike Moab. Bluffs. So Moab, super squishy bikes, full bro fest, like yeah. spandex not allowed, not allowed, very specifically not allowed, or Bentonville gravel, um. What do you, here's the deal. What I want to do is go on an adventure with you. Right. Um, number one. And then way down the list somewhere is, yeah, either of those things are super cool. Um, I will actually even put them one to one. And I say this to you because since Colin and I talked, I've talked with Abby about, hey, you know, makeup thing for LaRue and this. And she goes, you know, I really just need to get a lot of stuff done here. So I'm just kind of out. Just do whatever you want to do. Yeah. So now the like distance travel time thing isn't really a big deal. So for me, it's apples to apples. Moab, squishy bike, bro fest, baggies only. Bentonville, gravel, travel, also mountain bikes, like event, be part of that thing. They're one to one to me. What does Harley want to do? I'm okay to go to Moab. I'm happy to do it. Um, if you got to be, so you were like one of the least selfish people that I know you are really, truly <laughs> one of the least selfish people. And, I'm like, I don't know, just whatever. And like in 90% of the time I'm aware of that and I honor it. And 10% of the time I take advantage of it. Just like, you know, <laughs> I know. Okay. So Look, um, when, when be, you're me, you know, when things are happening, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> can you be so selfish right now? Like so self-absorbed, selfish and say, what do you want to do that weekend? So I, I, I will. So I will completely blow off Big Sugar and not do a gravel race. But I also kind of don't want to deal with the inevitable crowds that are in Moab. Is there, a, is there a different location? Well, so the thing with the crowds in Moab. Yeah, talk, talk me off. Because that's, that's yeah. the only thing. I'm just like, you know, I remember yeah. since, you know, since spring of 2020 when everything was fucking closed and everybody's like, they came here first, bought bikes, went to a van lot and bought a van and then went to Moab. The only thing that sticks out in my head is a line of cars oh, yeah. from Moab all the way up to 70. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to go where everybody's definitely going right now. So a couple of things in your favor. One, I'm a Moab sleuth. I'm a dirt bag. I don't pay to stay anywhere. And I know the little angles, right? I can get a campsite late. But the positive side, even without having Inspector Gadget over here, uh, we budgeted our time to be gone from a midweek to a midweek. Yep. So we could just shift and be like, all right, well, we're going to go out Thursday. We're going to camp out at Ledges. We're going to have our own site. We're going to have all of our stuff there. We won't deal with the like Friday crowd that rolls in. Also, at this time of the year, some of the stuff starts to shut down a little bit where it deters some people from coming because okay. temperatures swing a little bit. Like October 22nd weekend is not like – 
September 22nd weekend. You know what I mean? Right. So we will deal with less people and we're going to take the back route, the Cisco route. So you don't deal with that line of traffic, which is absurd. We'll take the back. Yeah. Route. I mean, honestly, that's been my, my, my only reservation with Moab has been like, you know, I just, I, I working at a bike shop in Colorado for the last 17 years, I know that this is the time that every human with a mountain bike right. is like, I got a trip to Moab. I got a trip to Moab. Yeah, you and fucking everybody else. Well, okay, so here, how much fun do you have in Sedona? And I still haven't fucking been. Right, because the thing got canceled. Yeah. Okay. This is the most iconic mountain bike place. We are the iconic mountain bike dudes. We got to go do iconic mountain bike crap. We can avoid all of that stuff. If okay. that's what your worries are, that, those are my only. I, but I don't like, want. I want to. Be- I want to do that stuff. And when you were here on Saturday, I was like, I don't have like a big big bike. Yeah. I have like a medium big bike. Right. And you, when you were here, I was. I mean, the the hook was set. You just had to get me in the boat. I was yeah. like, all right, let me buy this frame that I've been. Waiting. So is it bought? I just got the email that it's it's bought. <laughs> so you bought a bike for a trip you were thinking about maybe doing. That's the benefit of being a bike shop owner, y'all. Like if you all like you all listen to this thing, ruminate over which bike to buy, like just the most indecisive, like I'm hungry chick I've ever met. Harley just is like, yeah, I'm thinking I might do this weekend, so I might as well buy the frame. I mean for what it's worth, I am doing one out, one in. No, and it is just a frame. I'm swapping parts. Like it's not as extravagant as it sounds. No, I mean it's still super tough. Um all right, so all right, so that's Big Sugar Weekend. So we have we'd have more riding for Moab because yeah, more time. and and what is it six seven hours instead of twelve? I mean, it's six slow. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's wake up early, have breakfast, leave town, ride, 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 drive home. Yeah, yeah. Well, and also, um, it's probably ride, 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 drive back shuttle, to, shuttle the Palisade plunge, drive back to Grand Junction, ride, 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 yeah. um, because. You know, my whip carrying six bikes these days. So we can shuttle the plunge, self-shuttle the plunge. So we'll be able to hit the plunge on the way out, and then we'll hit Moab, 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 GJ on the way back. Um, Could be a ton of fun. Yeah. And we'll be a limit. We we both got our off-grid setups. Mine's getting fixed today. So we're going to camp and cook and do our own thing, and the peasants can sleep in tents. Um, Careful, you don't want to be misconstrued as classist. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you're in line with the current events, uh, I'm a classist. <laughs> uh, um, golly. Um, you, know, you, know, what, well, you know the best thing I like about Moab? So years ago, I went out there for a trip. It was the first year of La Ruta, 2018. Uh, you and I, we worked so hard to get this freaking alchemy titanium bike done. And yep. It came in the week before La Ruta, which was, thanks, guys. Um, you're going to go do a race that seems super intimidating you've never done before on a bike you've never ridden. So I took it to Moab and I remember being out there that weekend and when the sun sets and you build a fire and like everything gets dim, it's kind of like the sexy bartender in the dark nightclub. Like <laughs> right. don't be there when all the lights come on. Cause she's like, it's like, wow, it's real okay, bad. You weren't the same person. Yeah. Um, you know, the lights dim, you got the fire going, it's flickering and you get in a conversation like late night conversation. And I met a group of people that I probably couldn't be more dissimilar to and our opinions were different and our what, and we were just able to sit and like enjoy investigating each other's understanding of the world in a way that didn't equate to like wanting to burn somebody. It was just like a really great, Hey, you're here and I'm here. 
well, let's just investigate this. And it's just interesting to learn everyone's perspective. And that's the beauty of what happens in the desert because you can't go too far to one extreme because you could kill somebody and bury them. (laughs) 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 Uh, Genuine conversation. Yeah. Love it. And the mountain bike brings everyone together. Dude, we will have so much fun. Is that what we're going to do? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. And I I need to go back to Love Muffin. Is it still there? Love Muffin? Yeah. Isn't there? Oh, yeah. The little coffee shop there with amazing baked goods? Or is it It does have amazing baked goods. However, since you've been to Love Muffin, there is a place that uh, as your... As a person personally vested in your nutrition intake and your performance output, I'm not suggesting this place. But as your bro who's understanding we're developing a little bit of like a hurdle over emotional letdown with LaRuda, there's a place that serves both at once fried chicken and donuts. And it is probably, oh, and by the way, badass coffee, like amazing coffee drinks. That's intense. And it's all in one shop and that's all they sell. Wow. Fried chicken. And donuts fr- fried bread basically and uh badass coffee and it will you won't think about love muffin ever again okay it's insane i mean yeah. i'll probably still go to love muffin yeah, it's fine and i won't <laughs> judge i won't judge you for eating a donut out loud okay. I mean, the good news is i don't care <laughs> <laughs> all right um, so so all right so check that's, that's big sugar handled what are we gonna do about laruda we gotta figure it out all right i know i i know that for the bulk of your ride yesterday you were figuring it out totally was and uh, I was trying to think of a thing that LaRuda makes sense for, uh, a replacement rather, that makes sense for LaRuda. And LaRuda is transformational, right? And that's why I'm, I'm, I'm so in love with the idea of it. it, was, it it's transformational because you are forced to be out of your own element. You don't speak the language. You don't know anybody. You have no recon available. Like, you're totally out on in the like next level. I don't even know where I am. Right. And because of that, you just get to let go because it's all new, right? Um, I have a I have a noise in my van right now that's driving me insane. It's been there for the last like 24 hours. And I have like I've been driving around yesterday and today and Derek's like climbing around. And you know, he's a like, he's an engineer and he specializes in structural for like high aero aerospace stuff. So like right now he's dealing with some box on a like a Marine's helicopter, like the triple prop. Like he's a nerd is what I'm saying. And he talks about like inputs and outputs and all these. Anyway, he's going around the van. We can't find it. It's a, it's driving me insane. And I know everything in my van because I put it all there. This one noise I can't identify drives you crazy. When you're in something like Garuda, it's so much crazy that there's calm in it because it's all new. A three-day bike pack trip. From where to where? Well, there's some options there. I was what, initially what bikes? mountain bikes. Well, options there also. Okay. We could do bikepacking gravel bikes. We could do bikepacking mountain bikes. We could do from like base camp out past Buffalo Creek and go as far as we want that way on the Colorado Trail and back camping for a couple like three nights. That could be a good option. We could also then say, well, let's go further west and do like South San Juan's. And go back into there, South San Juan stuff. Um, that would be mountain bike. Gravel bikes really sky's the limit. Again, we could do it from here, or we could go to where we're guaranteed warmer weather and disappear doing a bike pack thing. But right. I thought bike packing kind of stepped in there a little bit just because of the adventure spirit. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it's if you anything else would be sleeping in a comfortable van or Airbnb right. every night. Um, doing things where 
you have a place to cook breakfast and dinner every night. Like anything right. else would be too Just, com- too comfortable right. would be the way to put it, I right. think. Right. So I think uh, a bike pack. And also, not for nothing, bike packing, the one requirement to bike, it's not like what kind of bag do you use? What what tire pressure do you run at? Like it's who are you with? Because the shit can get kind of like boring a little bit or not boring like it's a lot more work than it needs to be right like no matter <laughs> like no matter what bike whether it's a gravel bike or a yeah, mountain bike yeah. it's gonna be heavier and slower and harder to move right. and so if you get into a dark spot you're like well this is stupid right. but if you're with a person you care about and having fun then it it spins that whole thing you're like what well, doesn't even matter about the rock like i don't care what my average speed is i don't care yeah. i'm just out here to enjoy i'm riding while the sun's up Exactly. And then at night, camping, eating. And yeah. So that's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, I'd be down for that. I, one, because I've never done it. And two, I like to buy shit. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we could even get kind of crazy and incorporate a travel thing if we wanted to, like fly somewhere and then ride from one spot to like another spot. That works really well in like a California situation. Okay. Um, like we could fly to you know, point A and be like, all right, we're going to fly to LAX and we're going to be, we're going to leave out of Ontario and ride the whole coast and into Palm Springs and uh, Joshua Tree National Park. And you know what I mean? Like right. we could make, we could do something like that too. Okay. So travel plans to be determined, course to be determined, but for sure three days and two nights of bike packing. Would you prefer gravel bikes or mountain bikes? I think I prefer gravel bikes. And the reason that I say that is because I don't think, apart from the scenery, I think I'd be bummed out about riding my bike with a bunch of shit on it. My mountain bike with a yeah. bunch of shit on it. Gravel bike is like, it's going to be different, but like, I always like riding my mountain bike. I sometimes like riding my gravel bike and having bags on it, I don't think would diminish that experience. And then I think when you add the adventure component to it, then everything goes up to right. 11. I love that you said that, and I didn't want to influence it at all. But a gravel bike bike pack is way more enjoyable than a mountain bike. The bike romance pack. of a mountain bike bike pack, like this, the it, you know, they ever say you love the idea of somebody. Yeah, I think the idea of mountain bike back bike pack sounds awesome, but I think the way I would want to do it would take fourteen days because I would want to like ride my bike with a bunch of shit on it, stop somewhere for three days. Right. ride around there mm-hmm. load up moved you know like I, totally it that would be like fun yeah that would be amazing yeah we'll um, do that when we're 60 right uh, uh. <laughs> so yeah i don't i don't i don't think i want to just like have a shitty mountain bike ride for three days with i don't know 25 pounds of gear on it you cool know what I mean? i've bike packed my road bike my gravel bike and my mountain bike and what you said is the is what i had to learn through experience right so Kudos to you and your cool haircut for being able to just to process that crap without all the trial and error well, and heartbreak, I've had anger, you, frustration, I've had and hatred, you. actually, for the sport. <laughs> I've had enough people to tell me they're like, mountain bike, bikepacking kind of sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like the best, the best part of mountain bike, bikepacking is when you get to pavement and you're like, oh, thank God. <laughs> so like, that's the most enjoyable piece. Well, just like, I, and also there's just an intuitive part of it. Like imagine riding a, a mountain bike down steep, fun terrain with no center of gravity where it should be. Yeah. So when um, Victor and I did Cocapelli this year on our mountain bikes, um, the, f- the first day we pinned 100, and then uh, we realized we camped actually on that road, the Cisco road we're going to take to Moab. We camped right by there, Dewey Bridge. 
and we actually dumped all of our gear and stashed it in the woods so that the second day, the you know, fifty Shorter miles, day, yeah. we could do it on super light bikes, and we right. just went and went rage monster. Yeah. So you're right, gravel bikes. We'll bike pack it. I actually was just spitballing. Like at first, I thought just local, uh, but local to dude. The idea of like maybe flying to a point A in California and riding to point B to fly home from in California, it could be really cool. Like we could play with it a little bit. Yeah. We could also do like a Arizona thing. We could do Baja Mexico thing. Like, yeah. you know, not making it sound like we're spending. I can't do a Baja oh, Mexico yeah, thing. Oh yeah, you can't because the passport. Yeah, really, yeah. So, but like. You know, we don't need to be limited to just Colorado. And also, right. first weekend in November, we're not guaranteed Colorado works. No, we're not. Yeah, absolutely not guaranteed good enough weather here. So um, we budgeted for it. Our headspace is for it. So yeah. we'll think. Trinidad. We should explore what's down in Trinidad because it's southern Colorado enough. Yeah. And apparently there's just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles of great gravel riding down there. Yeah, I think we want to make sure, too, though, uh, that we are going to be able to see some cool stuff. Yeah. Because you you know that's that's what makes these adventures so neat is when you that, guys see something. Have you been to that part of Colorado? I've just always driven through it to get Dude, to. We New went Mexico to or- for my wife's birthday this year. I got us a place down in Walsenburg, which don't waste your time. There's nothing to do there. But if you drive into the mountains from there, that whole area is the most beautiful part of Colorado I've ever seen. Cool. Not counting Crested Butte. Anyway, to be determined. We yeah, can talk about it. Yeah, let's 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 build it. So let's do that. Let's do that. That sounds fun. All right. I'm in on that. Well, there you go. That, yeah, so, <laughs> that feels better. <sighs> you know, well, and that's what this is about. That's what we talk about on this podcast all the time. And, and we talk about it when we do our events. We talk about when we're at races. Like, you get thrown curveballs on these uh, in this sport, and then it's about how you, how you address it, yep. you know? Yep. Um, ultimately, we're still going to ride bikes with friends. Yep. Like if you keep it as simple as that, uh, it's all good. Yeah, you just got to go go find. You got to go find a way through. Find a way through. <laughs> Next year, Laruda. Yes. Um. Well, we're not going to call the season over yet. No, because we're going to have to recap this adventure. Yeah. Because there will be misfortune. <laughs> there will be valleys. There will be peaks. There will be a story to be told. See how far into bikepacking adventure I start, motherfucker, in you. <laughs> Convince me to put 30 pounds worth of shit on my bike and go climb up a mountain pass. <laughs> I can hear it already. Oh, I me mean too. You already talked about center of gravity. I'm like, that's you get there when you're in the real dark spot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, uh, I think that's all I got for this one. Yeah, no, me too. You know, the uh, the season, our season kind of did all kinds of fun stuff. It was very racy this year. We had a ton of events. Yep. Um, and so... You know, moving forward into next season, we got we added some new people that have met us at the events. They've shown interest being at the events because I think they see the continuity in the, in the community that we have as a team, which is awesome. And so I'm excited for what we're going to do next year to to build on that, to leverage that the com- community piece to get even more people and even more people on our team involved in more aspects of what riding can do for you. Yeah, because um, not just about the race, um, as we're showing now. Right, yeah. we just lost a race and we added. An adventure. And I think it's going to be just as great. Heck yeah, man. Cool, dude. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Oh, I'm glad you're alive, by the way. Oh, yeah. No, it's good to be It's good to be here. The (laughs) lady at the Social Security office, like, she tried to get all cute. And she's like, I'm going to have to pinch you to make sure you're alive. I was like. You're not touching me. Please don't. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. See you. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Don't wait. You're not done. 